Welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast featuring women who go against conventional thinking to pursue their dreams. These fighters inspire, empower, and unleash excellence within a new generation of female warriors as they rise and evolve into the best possible versions of themselves through the power of mixed martial arts. So my next guest is a 47-year-old single mother of two whose dream it was to become an MMA fighter 10 years ago. Well, she has since done that, and she's still competing. How about that for inspiration? She's scheduled to a Muay Thai bout this January 19th against Zinka Krivdik at No Boundary Fights in Melrose, Massachusetts. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA. I'm your host, Shelly Devine. And who better to welcome back to the first show of 2019 than my longtime friend on the martial arts journey and sit your tongue fighter, Rachel Reinheimer. Hey, so welcome. Happy 
you know, give you instructions or, you know, reinforce instructions they may have given before the fight and just give you some direction on how to proceed in the next round. That's so great. I'm like, how, how many fights have you had? So far, like Muay Thai fights. So I did a couple of smokers, which one of them was with you. Yes. First <laughs> opponent <laughs> ever. Um, and then I've had, for amateur Muay Thai, I've had two, uh, no, I'm sorry, six amateur Muay Thai fights. So I've had two smokers and six amateur fighters. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Wow. So there's been a lot. And then, you, yeah. and then you've had MMA fights, too. I did four amateur MMA fights. Wow. So that's so, and then I did a bunch of grappling tournaments. I did two last year, or maybe three gra grappling tournaments last yeah. year. And I'm hoping to do a couple this year too. Oh, good. So you get you're getting that competitive edge for this year. I mean, you're starting off the year with a bang. I mean, already in January you have a fight. How did that all occur? Because you didn't. Well, you at this point, at this point, it seems to be more of hey, we need somebody. <laughs> I stay ready. I try to stay ready anyway. That's sort of where I'm at. Um, instead of having off season and fight camp, I just stay ready the whole time. And if a call comes and I'm in a good place, I take it. Mm -hmm. So Mohammed, um, um, who's one of the matchmakers and also one of the owners of No Boundary, he messaged me and asked me what I was was willing to fight at in terms of weight. Mm -hmm. And so we settled on 135. Um, I'm fighting a woman named Zinka. I can't pronounce her last name. Uh, I know. I, I'm not sure I pronounce it. And forgive me if I didn't pronounce it right, but it's Krivdik, I think. Yes, Krivdik. Zinka Krivdik. Um, and um, it's going to be at 135. Cool. Wow. So that, yeah. that happened all like boom. And it's really, yeah. I mean, it's a testament to you that, okay, um, you know, you said in, in your, your bio, 47 years old, you've been fighting for how many, like over 10 years now, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and part of your dream was to become an MMA fighter. You've done that and mm -hmm. you're still competing at the, the ripe age of 47 so it's never too late to start never too too you know late to stop or whatever you can still continue to compete which is is like quite an accomplishment i mean like it's amazing i mean you must it's be like people that that are your friends or in you know at work must be like whoa what are you doing chicky lou you know <laughs> Unusual. It's unusual. More common sports for people my age are running, triathlons, which I actually did a 5K last year, and one of my age group, which was kind of cool. Yay! Yay. Um, I'd like to try a mini triathlon this year, but um, it is a little unusual to be competing in combat sports at. I'll be 48 at the end of the month. So, wow. but I think what I tell people is that I can do it because I do do it. Mm -hmm. you know? It's really sort of use it or lose it. I think, you know, I, my philosophy is I train so that I can be better. My goal really is, has evolved over the years and it's become more of a journey of self-improvement. Mm -hmm. And my goal is just to be as good as I can be, do the best that I can do. And I work really hard on my strength and conditioning. And if a call comes and I feel good, then my plan is to take it. And if I don't feel great, that's okay saying no. I mean, I, you know, um, 
but the call came, I felt good. So I said, okay, let's do it. That's awesome. So yeah. you're, you're in the process now of selling tickets to mm -hmm. the show and they're like 40 bucks or $45 or something like 45 that. 45 for general admission. Yeah. And there are also tickets closer to the ring, 75 and $55. And those are available on their website. Okay. Have you sold all your tickets? No, I just got my tickets last night. Okay. Yeah, they wait until like the if anybody wants tickets, hit me up. Okay. Yeah. There are um, a lot of people from my gym fighting, so Yeah, it seems um I mean they they put on a really good show. Um they keep the they, they keep the show moving. Um Muhammad, I, 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 we did the, uh, the tournament, um, a couple months ago, whatever he had the all women's tournament, but it looks like he's yes. got quite a few females on this card yet again. It's a mm -hmm. male tournament that's happening, but he's got like, uh, there's a couple other people from our, um, from the Seatong camp, right? Like who yes, else is fighting? Four other fighters from Seatong. Um, let's see, Seth. TK, she goes by Christina, Jen, and Emily. Emily was in the four-woman tournament right. yep. last time. So there's five of us on the card, which is super fun. I really like training um, for fights when my teammates are fighting. There's a lot of energy in the gym, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of excitement, a lot of commiserating over <laughs> preparation. It's fun. What's your fight camp been like? I mean, like training, you, I, you mentioned that you were training twice a day. Um, so what I do really doesn't change that much for a camp, especially with three weeks out. So I had to cut a little weight for this. So the only adjustment I made was to add some cardio and stop eating like um, everything that's not nailed down. <laughs> I had to stop eating junk food. Um, but generally what I do for strength and conditioning is I do cardio and drills in the morning before work. I have a gym at my job, um, mm -hmm. or government. And then at lunch I go and I do my strength training. I usually do lifting four days a week. Um, and then I go to sit at home to train three to four times a week. Oh, wow. That's so it depends on my schedule and yeah. what's going on generally at least three times a week there. So I, I am putting in a lot of time training. And then on the nights that I don't go to Seattle, I still do drills at home. I have a jujitsu mat and <laughs> I make Really? Wow. Yeah, I'll be like, I want to do a hundred butterfly sweeps. Come over here. And I drag one of the kids because both my kids do jujitsu now. Yeah. A little Muay Thai too. And so I force them to do, I'll do arm drags on them. I'll do Muay Thai sweeps. You know, they'll hold the kick shield for me. So I do usually most nights that I don't go to the gym, I still do some drills. Wow. So it's very contagious then. That's what you're telling me because both your kids do it. And I know you have your, your boyfriend, your partner there. He, he got involved too. He wasn't into MMA, but, or anything like no, that. But How did you get him involved in that? He um, was a reluctant participant at first, <laughs> bought the Muay Thai bug, and he actually had his first, uh, he had an exhibition fight in the fall. He did his first boxing match, so he was no official winner, but he did awesome. Wow. So that was really fun for me because I got to corner him. Um, my kids- what was, what was that like, cornering your, your partner there? Like, what was yeah, that like? It was really fun. I- yeah love to do more of that. Um, 
it was really fun because, you know, I helped him out through his camp and Princess mm-hmm. Yotong too. We boxed, we did Muay Thai and he did a lot of, we did a lot of boxing in preparation for that because it was a boxing exhibition fight and um, it was really fun. So. Wow. That sounds like a blast. That's yeah. right. He did well too. Yeah. He did really well. Yeah. Wow. Yes. I wish I had seen it. I, I, I think I mentioned to you, I ran into him a couple of times. It's very strange. It's like, we have this weird kind of you and I connection. Like I started to talk about it before we got on the show is, is um, I was wondering who would be on the show today. And whenever you have a fight coming up, the universe literally circles. I mean, I had pictures of you showing up on my screen. It was the craziest thing. Haven't seen these pictures at all. Like they, like pictures that I have, like from, from when I took photographs of you years ago, they were showing up on my screen, like, boom, like there she is. I'm like, I got to contact her. And then there was a couple times, um, I ran into Miguel. I was like, he was driving around. I mean, this is like at six in the morning around the Boston common when I'm down there. And, and he's like, and I didn't know he was a state trooper. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I know that guy. (laughs) I waved him down and he said, you had a fight, which I didn't know about at the time. It was a while back or whatever. I ended up. I took that one on a week's notice. So sort of, you know, I, I, it just, all happened really fast. And that was a really fun one too, because that was the first time I was ever able to throw elbows. So. Will, you, will you be able to throw elbows in this fight coming up or? No. No, no. it's, it, no, okay. That's the only yeah, thing. I think they have you wearing pads because you can technically throw them below the collarbone, but. Okay, but you can't, you, you're, um, no headgear though, right? No headgear. That's kind of nice. That, that's yeah, nice. I hate headgear. Yeah, it, get, it, it like spins around on your head. Yeah, it cuts off your vision. You're worried about it moving. Yeah. It's so hot in there. And then also your head's a bigger target. Yeah. You oh, know, I, I, think like that. That. I know this may be in my head, but I feel like there's like drag, like wind resistance, like for a car on the highway. With <laughs> I don't know. I know. I don't know. I know. I mean, I, the one and only fight that I had with you, I, I, I remember just, I felt like it was always spinning around in my head and I had to straighten it out. I think at one point I was fighting with one eye because the headgear was. <laughs> I know. I'm like, we don't need these things. They're kind of, I think they're kind of, a, uh, uh, they, they kind of cause a problem and may, may cause like, Ooh, more injury because you can't see what's, what's happening or coming out. You can't get out of the way. And like you said, I absolutely. In the fights where I wore headgear, I absolutely got hit in the head more. No about it. I I absolutely got hit way more in the head. Interesting. I I mean, I wouldn't know that you've had way more fights than I've ever had. So, I mean, getting back to, you know, older athletes still competing, um, what do you do mentally? Like, um, we had touched on this. Uh, we did a previous interview. You were like one of my first interviews when I started the podcast, which mm-hmm. if people want to refer back to it, it's a really fun interview. It's like, I think it went for like almost two hours or something. It was like a really mm-hmm. long one, but there's a lot of great information in it about like old time sit your tongue, all this sort of stuff. So just for our listeners, if you want to catch that one, go back in the, in the archives on, on YouTube and you can find that with Rachel and I. But um, you talked about, you know, being an older fighter and mentally preparing mm-hmm. uh, for competing and especially after, because you've had a couple of surgeries. 
Um, mm-hmm. You had a knee injury, you blew out your knee actually, um, yeah. and you had a major reconstruction. And, yeah. and um, you know, and since then and, and now, like to stay uh, mentally competitive, how do you do it? It's honestly very uh, been up and down and inconsistent. Sometimes I had up, up until recently, I felt like sometimes I had no fear at all. Mm-hmm. And just was, it was pure joy and just enjoying myself so much. And other times I would have almost crippling fear to the point where I just felt like I was going to throw up and I wanted to like run. <laughs> and I found that very frustrating. I couldn't seem to pinpoint the secret to capturing that feeling of flow or that enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Consistently, I didn't seem to, you know, I tried to, I'm very data driven. So I made spreadsheets and all kinds of other nerdy ways to try to figure out what was the trigger, you know, to either causing the fear or eliminating the fear. Mm-hmm. But, um, I had a, pretty crushing loss at a grappling tournament last summer. I just decided to jump into this tournament very last minute um, just to kind of stay competing. Um, And I got crushed. I got, I had been working on my triangle defense for months Mm -hmm. and I got triangle maybe three times. Oh no. (laughs) It ended with me getting triangled and I was, really devastated. It just got in my head. I I barely held back the tears while I was at the tournament. And my opponents, she's such a sweetheart. She came up to me. She recognized me. We were all, we had almost been paired up for an MMA fight at one point. And, um, she was just so kind and, and she's such a sweet person. And we talked for a little bit and that made me feel better. But when I got to the car, the floodgates just opened and I literally sobbed and babbled to my boyfriend for about 30 minutes. And <laughs> I never really sort of let things get to me like that, but I, I just, it really got to me. And I felt really frustrated by the fact that I didn't feel like I was doing my best. And I felt like I had let my own head get the best of me yet again. Mm. How many times is this going to happen? You know, and what's the secret where, how come sometimes I'm feeling the flow and other times I'm not. Mm. So shortly after that, I stumbled upon a book called the chimp paradox by Dr. Steve Peters. And it just really spoke to me the method. It's, it's sort of one of those self-help psychology books, mm-hmm. just like the way he sort of organizes the way your brain works and how you manage emotions. And it just really clicked for me. So I read the book, I devoured the book and um, I found that the the next time I competed, I just felt much better. I just, I switched my focus to worrying about winning and losing to doing my best and being the best me because I can't control if I'm sick that day, if, I don't know, my shin guard breaks, my opponent could be, you know, amazing and on her best game. I can't really control all of those other factors. Mm-hmm. I can control what I'm saying and doing and just kind of, it sounds really common sense, I guess, when I say it out loud, but yeah. really focusing on doing my best and not worrying so much about all the other things that I can and can't control. And it made competing so much more fun. Mm-hmm. And 
I got that joy back and that flow back. And I wasn't, I was a little nervous, but I wasn't really, I did that crippling fear didn't creep back in. Um, so, so that's been really working for me. Um, I don't think you can really eliminate fear or control fear. I think you can manage it. Yeah. You know, and find ways to kind of reprogram your brain. Mm-hmm positive thoughts and, and, and choose to feel confident. Yeah. Well, um, is it, do you find it's a different type of fear? Like when you say, um, you know, because you're stepping in the cage and you have an opponent that's going to, you know, try and kick the crap out of you or, you know, punch yeah, I'm not worried about getting hurt. I think it's more, I, I used to feel this pressure to, um, to not be, in, not uh, to, to this pressure to perform, you know, pressure to do well, the pressure to win. I put too much pressure on myself. I mean, this is supposed to be fun. It is sport. It's serious. I take it seriously. I train seriously, but putting pressure on all the things that I can't control. Yeah. I can control specific goals, specific tasks that I do. Mm. But some of the fight, I mean, the judges, sometimes you get these crazy calls from judges. You know this, you know, you mm-hmm game for years and years and years and sometimes you're like what fight did the judges see I mean you yeah. control how the judges score the rounds especially with Muay Thai I mean some judges score body kicks really high some score more of a duchy style right and it's very subjective and putting that pressure on myself to win the, you know you can do really well and win a fight and you can do really well and lose a fight yeah horrible and win a fight and horrible and lose a fight. So my focus is just on doing well. I want to show that I've improved. Mm-hmm. I want to be the best that I can possibly be that day. And if I win, that would be so awesome. But that's icing on the cake. So Right, right. So I know like uh, with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, just because I've been going to a lot of the tournaments, um, sometimes uh, what the fighters will do is focus on instead of the win or the lose, especially if they're new to the game, like, or not even new to the game, but maybe they, they've gone up in a belt, say, and so they've gone up in a bracket. So the competition's going to be a little more pressure. So there's a lot more pressure. So their first instance into that will be, okay, I've been working, like you had said, this technique and... I am just going to try to work my best to get that technique and either, you know, submit the person or try to get it or, or whatever. And that's my goal, whether I win or I lose. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like I've been working on certain things the last couple of months in the gym and Muay Thai. And my goal is to execute those things and to show that I've improved in that area and win or lose. That's become more of a secondary goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I really just want to show, I've been putting in so much hard work and I just want to, you know, have a chance to try some of it out. Right, exactly, exactly. Live lab. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, you're, you're totally in there um, testing your skills to see mm-hmm. what you will actually do under pressure. Yes. So that whole thing, I mean, being under pressure, I can understand like fear kind of in that, maybe some, even some anxiety Mm -hmm. because of maybe the achievement factor, like, oh, I want to achieve something. And if I feel like I failed, did you feel like you failed? You know, when you, when that fear kind of creeps in or like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, you know, for me, 
a lot of martial arts and combat sports has become sort of a vehicle of self-discovery for me over the years. It started off more as a sport and it's a sport to me, but I just feel like I've learned so much about myself. And every time that I had an undesirable reaction or feeling that I didn't want, like before competition or even during competition, um, it signaled that there was something I needed to change or something I needed to work on. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like when I had that little breakdown after the grappling tournament, it was a gift, right? Because it was a gift. It told me like, you need to work on something, you know, and it's a life skill, right? Handling pressure. There's these situations outside of the ring where there's a lot of pressure. We all have those situations. So it's not just something you need to learn just to step in the ring. It's something you need to learn for life. I, I need to learn for life and everyone needs to learn for life. So, yeah. but I kind of, once I stepped back from that and got home and took a shower and had some, had some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> and a glass of wine. I thought about it and I said, Hey, this is a gift. This is a, this is information. It's an opportunity to make a change and make an improvement. Yeah. So I remember like in our last interview, you had talked about being kind of a bit of an adrenaline junkie, you know, like you like to, is that still the case? Like when you get into, you know, you're looking for that kind of thing or is it different? Has it changed now? I think it's changed a little bit. Um, I find that I, I, of course, I like doing exciting things, but, and I like competing, but, um, I'm more inclined to stay closer to my center Mm -hmm. rather than veer off into extremes. The older I get, the less I want to veer off into extremes and just kind of fighting has taken on more of like a, uh, sounds kind of cliche, but sort of a Zen, you know, I want to be in my happy place. you know, this crazy berserker fury, adrenaline fueled rush, but more of like, I don't know. I just want to feel like, like I'm in my happy place and I'm in a Zen place. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Um, what do you, um, what would you say uh, played a meaningful role in your life's journey and influenced you in a positive way? Or who would you say? I should say, who would you say? Yeah, I would say, I mean, absolutely. Mark Delagrati, the owner of um, Seatong, him and his wife, Marie, mm-hmm. probably don't even realize what an impact they have had on me over the years, but just giving me the opportunity to, because of the path that he chose, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Muay Thai and martial arts and the sir, the gift of service that he's given all of us as a coach and as a mentor. And then for me to have the opportunity to learn this and get into this world where it's changed me as a person for the better. I would say that he's had an, probably much bigger than he realizes impact on my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Martial yeah. arts changed my life. Yeah, he's had a huge impact on many lives. I mean, mine included, um, but yeah, many, many lives. Uh, uh, and I, yeah, I don't think he actually realizes it either. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. You know what I mean? Um, I think when people do express it and say it, then he's like, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like, and he probably doesn't say anything about it, but he has. And same with Marie, too, because, you know, it's not easy owning and running a gym, a small gym. 
you know? And when fighters come and go and they don't even acknowledge where they came from, this is, this is one of my little, I know it doesn't bother him so much anymore, but it's my little pet peeve over the years that I've seen and watched people come and go use, use his, his, um, you know, status. And then they go off and they don't even, they don't even acknowledge that that's where they came from anymore. And they kind of do, you know, uh, they, they just, I don't know. I, I just don't understand that. And yeah, I have um, such a deep, like feeling of loyalty for the gym. I mean, it's yeah. more than just a gym to me, you know, it's, it's yeah definitely a family and a dysfunctional family sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Family. And yeah. Um, yeah, I have a huge debt of gratitude to him yeah. for, for providing an opportunity for me to learn something that changed my life so much. Yeah. yeah, mine too. I'm like, it's added so much to my life. I mean, I, I definitely got more involved in women's mixed martial arts and, mm -hmm. you know, really kind of took on, um, a role in helping to push it forward, you know, getting it, you know, getting people to learn about it and know about it and say, oh yeah, women can do this too, just as well as the guys, you know, can, can compete or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of my, one of my goals is you, I, it's funny, you asked me in the questionnaire about what one of my goals was over the next three to five years. And I, I was thinking about it today that I, I, I wanted to mention that, one of my goals is to try to get every ounce of information out of Mark Delagrati's brain that I can over the next three to five years. That's what I try to do. And I'm I try to get on video. <laughs> you know, I just, I, it just, I just want to suck all that information right out and get it into my brain as much as I can over the next three or five years. That's really important to me. I mean, he just has such a depth of knowledge about, Muay Thai and just MMA and martial arts. Mm. And it's just, he has so much that to, to give. I just mm. get it in there as quickly as I can. As much as yeah. I can. My thing is, is I, I, I'm okay with people, you know, moving along. They've trained there and they move along because there's many that have come through Sit Your Tongue. Yes. Um, many, many people that have come through there and, and to me, he's an instructor that is not what there, there's, there's good teacher and bad teacher, bad teachers, you know, they, they keep you and, and they, they undermine you somehow. So you don't, um, grow and, mm -hmm. and that, but to me, he's for me as, as a student there, he's always been open-minded as long as there's this respectful, like, you know, Hey Mark, I, you know, I'm going to move on to do this, that, or the other thing, but I have the respect to share that with him instead of just, yeah. you know, going and doing my own thing and then, you know, taking a big dump <laughs> on, yeah, on no. and people have done this and, 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 you know, yeah, people are going to get upset about that when you've given them so much leeway and, and opened your home to them, given you the key to the kingdom basically. And, and you, you kind of do things shadily. You can't do that. So, right. And I, that, that has happened over the years with several people. And, and um, I, I never quite understand that. And, and I, I know he's over it and he's, he's moved on from it. But me, when I, when I observe and I think, and I'm like, wow, they're, they're, as a martial artist, there's supposed to be some sort of character development. And when you can't have that, I'm, I'm, you know, with somebody who has, I, I guess it's because they feel... 
this is this is dealing with their own fears you know of of communicating with someone and and i'm like why wouldn't they you know say things up front when they're yeah you know, i mean i've definitely forward felt comfortable or, going to mark and saying you know yeah issue can we talk about this or i'm concerned about this or yeah. this is a goal that i have let's talk about it what do you think and yeah. you know he'll tell me what he thinks yeah he'll, he'll advise me what he thinks i should do and um yeah i mean i think you just have to keep lines of communication open yeah for sure so your your plan, your next goal is to to move forward with uh, some new things. What about teaching at all? Have you thought about that? I would love to teach at some point, but I'm st I still feel in that I'm at the point where I mean I don't know if I'll ever feel qualified to teach. I think that's the the trick that martial arts plays with your brain. You never yeah. feel like you really know it. Yeah. I think there's advantages to teaching because it helps you learn better too. Mm -hmm. So um, I would love to teach at some point. I just think that time constraints, I work full time and it's really hard to, to fit in all the strength and conditioning and train to compete and train and teach at the same time. But oh, yeah. I would love to explore down the road. I mean, I love helping people in the gym. I think I do it informally a lot. I just get really excited. Yeah, you help me when I'm there, so I feel Yeah, that. yeah, I mean, I just love, well, I mean, you did that for me, right? In the beginning, it's just, it's, it's kind of this gift that you get back. And I just love helping people in the gym. I get really, really excited when I see someone working on something and you just tell them one little thing and it just makes such a difference or, reframing something like a lot of times we get people come that come to our gym that may have a grappling or wrestling background but they want to improve their striking because of course Seiya Tong is renowned for striking mm -hmm. and one common problem that I see is and this may be getting a little too technical for your viewers but no, no. Um, the you know their framework with you know, holding up their arms in front, their framework, they struggle with getting the right framework. And of course, there's no really one right way to do it. There's many different ways, but there's, you know, basics 101, holding up your hands in front of your face so you don't get punched in the face. But, you know, try, trying to translate that for someone who's a grappler, you know, I'll say, hey, you already know how to do this. When you're on the ground, right? Your legs are your guard. And yeah. you're let somebody pass your guard, right? Yeah. So your shins are like your forearms and your feet are like your hands and your knees are like your elbows and don't let me pass your guard and punch you in the face. And <laughs> something just clicks and they get it and they're like, oh, and then, you know, their sparring just improves. And I get so excited when I see that. So that's for me, one of the advantages that I do a little bit of everything that I can make those connections. Mm -hmm. I love helping people and seeing them like, aha, and get it or you know it's just that's fun to me so yeah I would love to teach eventually that would be really exciting yeah it is fun I mean I've had the experience of teaching Muay Thai kickboxing which has been great I've, I've had the the uh the the opportunity to teach at Sit Yatong which was really fun I, I I don't opt to do it right now um maybe I'll get back to it at some point but I feel like I need to train more I need to you know like how you were saying about getting you know the joy back and all that and I'm like mm -hmm. I need the joy back I need I loved training 
I love learning, you know, and, and, um, you know, just being in the classroom environment and, and, you know, working with either somebody who's new or somebody who's been a veteran there for a while, either. It doesn't matter to me. I I just feel like, oh, wow. There's, because there's always some, (laughs) I know, but there's always, every time I go, there's always some sort of nugget that I go away with and, you know, not anything like, you know, totally over the top, but it, it, it's a feeling. And then sometimes there's little epiphanies, you know, like, Oh, wow. I, I guess I, 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 I did that. Or, or I, I, I got that finally. How and all those little pieces all? add up, they you know, do. they all add up. They're all little, little blocks in the wall that add up to like make this, Thing. And all the trainers are so different, but offer something that still fits into the autonomy style. Like Andy, yeah. he's just, you know, he, he, he's just been amazing. You know, he corners me in a lot of my fights and, mm-hmm. you know, his teaching style is different than Mark's or Mark Massey, crew mm-hmm. master. He also has a different style. I mean, thanks to him, I threw my first, you know, straight cross to the body ever in a fight. and. Oh. This exciting feeling when I was like, I saw my hand shoot out and shoot back and I'm like, I did it live in a fight. And, um, you know, just all the trainers there are so, um, different, but you walk away with every little piece that you walk away with just keeps building and building to make it, you know, the fills in the bigger picture, you know? Definitely does. I don't think that picture's ever really done, right? <laughs> uh, not since I've been there. I mean, I, I've I've studied at other schools in the past, and and going there, I mean, I really found like I I found a home, and it's 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 really hard. I mean, I you know I'm living in New Hampshire now, and and I don't get there as often as I'd like to, especially in the last year. I just started going back, and um, I. I, I couldn't get myself to go another, to another gym. I just, yeah. I was like, I, I've been to other gyms. I've been in them. I'm like, I just can't like do it. <laughs> it's tough. I, I've, I've trained, I, I've trained in like another jujitsu academy. I was visiting New York City and I went to one of the Gracie academies in New York City. Yeah. And, um, but I've, I don't, I've never trained in another Muay Thai gym. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been, and I've done a little bit here and there and I just can't like, I, once I, because I've we do get visitors from all over the world though, you know, we get people from all over the world that come to our gym to visit. So that's, I'm lucky in that way. I do get exposed to like other style. Yeah, that's a great way to get it because people come to you. So why do you got to go to them? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had these two guys that were there last night. I wish I could remember their names, but one was undefeated in Muay Thai. One was 12 and two. And they, they were so technical and kicked my butt mm. all over the place. And um, it was just, it's really fun when we have guests at the gym. I, try to get in there and, you know, get around with them if I can, because going with someone you've never met before is like the best way to test out your instincts. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. So, um, well, we covered the fear thing, but I, I have this kind of other question that I'm just going to throw into the mix. It's, um, mm-hmm. what keeps you up at night? <laughs> like what, what is something oh, that keeps you up at night? That's a really great question. 
I would say I don't really sleep enough to <laughs> I'm so sleep deprived. I thought you were going to say something like sex or something. <laughs> That's more likely to be the <laughs> Um, I, I, yeah. I when I was saying that I was like oh geez I'm asking her that's a <laughs> I think I think if it's anything it's something about my kids you know I'm a mom and so of course my mom instincts kick in and if I if there's something going on with one of them you know I might be worried about that but um, I think you know right now I work for the federal government and a lot, I'm lucky we have, my agency has a budget, but a lot of our uh, federal coworkers are on furlough. We have about 25% of the federal workforce that's on furlough right now. And I'm, I'm worried for a lot of them because they're going without paychecks and a lot of them are working without paychecks. So things like that. Yeah, but I'm a bit of a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's tough if you don't know if you have your job, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, can you share a time in your martial arts journey where you experienced an aha moment of realization? Yeah, I would say, I would say definitely last summer at that grappling tournament, when I broke down, I realized like I, I felt stuck. Mm. Wow. This is, it's happened to me a couple of times. It seems like, um, you know, the movie Groundhog Day where he keeps repeating the same day until he learns all these lessons. <gasps> That is like every so often I have an aha moment. Yeah. It just, it's like, it keeps, you know, there's several iterations of aha moments, but I think the most recent one was that where I said, you have to keep adapting or you're just going to stagnate. And it's just like in life, you know, the goals keep moving and you have to keep adapting and changing. And I said, wow, I'm stuck again. What? So that realization that I'm probably going to get stuck again in the future, that's going to happen again. And I'm going to have to find another way to get out of that hole. And you know what? I will. That's, that was really the aha. Like there is always kind of a way out of feeling stuck and just, you know, don't panic. Panicking's never good. I've learned that through martial arts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the bottom inside control is the best way to learn how to not panic. <laughs> oh man. I know. Right. And um me, just, I just tap. I'm like, all right, you win. <laughs> I give up to eat you. You got me. I suck. <laughs> it's so smothering to be on the bottom in jujitsu. So I think just yeah, that that was another more recent aha moment where I realized like I feel really stuck. I feel really stagnant. And how do I kind of move out of it? And I don't think there's any one answer, you know? Yeah. Did you feel like that was, you know, just in, in your martial arts training, or did you feel like that was kind of some, you know, kind of in your, in your life, like in other, did it show up in other areas of your yeah, life? Yeah, definitely. I noticed like a lot of times what's happening in martial arts mirrors what's happening in my real life too. Yeah. Oh, um, they seem to go hand in hand a lot of the time. So, um, and you know, I have a lot going on. I'm a single mom and I work full time and I have a, a hectic training schedule and I spend time with my, my kids come with me to the gym once or twice. They train too. And, um, 
with all of that going on, I have a lot of balls in the air and a lot, you know, I'm always juggling, juggling, juggling. And, um, but yeah, I think just sort of realizing that there's no one solution, no one fix. You're not going to fix it. And then everything's going to be perfect forever and ever. You're going to fix this, but then the new problem emerges. It's like the, um, the theory of constraints. I don't know uh, for any of you businessy type people out there, there's a famous book called The Goal where they talk about the theory of constraints. So you fix one bottleneck. Let's just say, I think in the book, they use the example of all these kids hiking on a path, right? But the kid at the front is slow. So all the other kids are jammed up behind them, right? So that kid, all right, you got to go to the back. And then this line starts moving again. But then there's another problem. A kid halfway through the line, he you know, shoes untied, and then some of the kids are wandering off, and then some of the kids are jammed up. So you're always having to remove the thing that's holding you back. But then there's always another thing, right? <laughs> it's not like you remove that one problem and then, oh, yeah, everything's great. So there's always going to have to be another aha moment somewhere down the line because there's always another problem to fix. Yeah, there's always a challenge facing some some new little thing. As I know, like whenever I face fear, I usually like to, you know, look at it right in the face and say, okay, I usually try to identify why I'm afraid for one. Right. And then and then I'm like, and when I really get to the source of the fear, then it, it, it does typically dissipate. And then, you know, those things, whatever was annoying or like buzzing around or whatever it was, seems to like just... Oh, it just went away. What the heck was that in the first place? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm like, how did I create that in my life? What is it I'm letting go of um, to get to the next evolution of my, 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 my growth? And I find, um, you know, like martial arts has helped with this it, more of a spiritual journey for me mm -hmm. over the years. Um, that it will always kind of put something in front of me and I'll be like, okay, how do I, and it's taught me to look at it and, and not be fearful, you know, where, I mean, you, you're entering the ring. That's a whole other thing, but I didn't have to do that physically so much. I could do like whatever really scares me and do it. Um, I didn't need that competitive. I don't know. I, I guess I didn't. But even that. just in training, I come across a yeah, whole series I find of it's yeah. not just like in competition, yeah. it's that, you know, the level of sparring and team training at Sia Chong is pretty, is, is high. You know, obviously we're training with pro fighters on the national level, you yeah. know, international level. You have, um, so that's sometimes just even training with the team can be a lot of pressure, you yeah. know? an off day, maybe you lifted too hard that morning, so your, your arms are tired, and then, you know, just, the, the pressure doesn't come just in competition, you know, there's always all kinds of pressure that you have to deal with, you know, um, am I there for my team, am I providing good training for them, mm -hmm. you know, helping develop them, and, you yeah. know, they're preparing for fights too, it's not just about me. Yeah. And um, am I being a good contributor to the team? And so, I, you know, there's a lot of pressure going on and, and a lot of just letting go of ego. Yeah. Oh, and like I said, the biggest thing is not worrying about winning or losing and just focusing on doing well and focusing on the work, you know, Muay Thai. Like I really, really love the art of Muay Thai. It's, yeah. 
absolutely love it. I find it endlessly fascinating. And I just, every time I learn something new, I incorporate it and just trying to get better and better. But I just want to be the best that I can be. And so focusing on that and letting go of worrying about winning or losing has really taken a lot of that pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. I find like, um, you know, in the, in the training too, um, you're getting your body to move, you're getting rid of your ego and, and then you're interacting maybe sometimes with somebody else's ego and you have right. to overcome your own ego if their ego is getting in the way, especially. Right. Like I worry. Okay. So for example, if I'm sparring, like last night's a good example. Yeah. Fight. I don't want to get hurt. Right. So I want to yeah. go but I don't want to go so hard that something stupid happens and then I get hurt and I have to pull out of the fight. So, you know, I always have a goal for every training session. And then even every round I pick a goal and I think, okay, well this round, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm going to try to work on this. I'm going to try to work on that. I'm going to try to work on this. So, um, but your sparring partner might have different expectations of you. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, you can go hard. You have a fight coming, but yeah. I went hard the last four rounds and this round, maybe I'm working on something that's yeah. aggressive. Maybe I'm working on just like a defensive teeth and that's it. Or, you know, so letting go of my training partner's expectations and learning how, when it's okay to be selfish and when it's okay to be a contributor, you know, I'm a week and a half out. It's okay to be a little selfish. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to get injured. Round, I'm working on this and that's okay. So finding that balance of, you know, juggling expectations of your, of your training partners, because they're all looking at it through their own lens too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know when I walk into the gym, you know, Mark will tell me, oh, you can, you know, Shelly, he reminds me, he's like, tell people, you know, like if you see something not right, you tell them. And then I'm like, oh, and they're the, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I told you this before. One time with Miguel, this was a while back. Um, uh, what's his, oh, who was teaching the class? Um, um, oh, what the heck? I'm like, somebody, oh, Andres? It, it was, it was a Monday night class. And um, uh, this is really, uh, Jake was teaching and, and, uh, he, he, he kind of left us doing something. I was working with Miguel and Miguel goes to me, he goes, um, geez, I think he forgot about us because I've been like, you know, he was doing the same drill. And then, so I, <laughs> I, I hadn't been in the gym in a while. So nobody knew who the hell I was. So I go, all right, everybody switch it up. I mean, it was like a huge class and then Jake comes <laughs> out of the corner. He's like, who the hell? <laughs> it's like saying something and I'm like oops and then you know of course we all die laughing but I'm like oh my god here I am opening my big fat mouth and nobody knows who I am I have absolutely no respect from anybody in there like a lot of these people are new that don't know me that like I've been there for like you know ever and it is weird when new people come in and they don't know that I've been there for like 10 years yeah yeah. And I, I, and just recently I'm running into that again. And, and, you know, so you're giving somebody some advice and they're looking at you like, who are you, you old lady? <laughs> I'm like, Oh God. Here we go. Oh, I get that a lot. You know, they'll go real easy with so me because funny. you know my age or whatever. And then the trainer will walk by, Oh, you can hit her. She's been around for a long time. Yeah. But then the funniest thing was, is a, a while back was one of the, one of the, um, instructors at the time and I think I don't know if you and I were in a class together this was a while back and there was a few other women in the class and 
and there was some new people, some new men that came in and they were, um, you know, looking at us like we didn't know what we were doing and that, you know, they right. kind of had the whatever. And each one of us were like putting them on their butts, <laughs> knocking them down several times. And they were like, holy crap. And then the instructor was like, I love it here because this stuff works. Little <laughs> girls can kick down these big guys. And they it's so funny because I feel like that has definitely changed at the gym. There's a, a lot more women that train now and a lot more women that train at Seatong. We have an awesome group of girls. I mean, we just have an awesome team, men and women. Um, and the men take all the girls seriously and the women are badasses. And I find less and less that you get those guys coming in that are intimidated to spar with a woman or terrified to spar with a woman. They definitely, and it might be a generational thing. This might be showing age, but I think the millennial centennial generation, they feel comfortable with strong, confident, athletic women. And they don't expect the women to be frailer or weaker. I, they, they expect them to be equals. And I, I think it's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. In training, we have just as many women as men at this point. We have a really good group of girls. and mm -hmm. um, But I do think that the culture has shifted, which is awesome. Because I do remember, like, oh my God, dude, really? It's like not 1850. I, I'm not going to break. I'm not made of glass, you know? Yeah. And I do know something and I can contribute too to your self-development. Right. I know something that you don't know because I've been here for however. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't seem to, yeah. it, it definitely seems like that's shifting. A yeah. lot. Um, and also might have to do with the younger guys that are coming in, you know, that they're, it's not just that the women are, have changed. Like, I think in general, the culture's changing and, and generationally. And it's just really awesome to see. I don't, it's been a while since someone's walked in our gym and, and, and treated me differently because I'm a woman or even because of my age, honestly. People yeah. underestimate, they used to really underestimate me because of my age. And I'm surprised. Nobody seems to think it's weird that I. <laughs> Almost 50 fighting. I know. Um, <laughs> now you know how I felt. Yeah, right? They're right? like, oh, God. <laughs> After yeah, but I think the culture is shifting. It's, it's a yeah. good thing. It's a really good thing. That's awesome. Um, do you have a story where you felt inadequate um, and where you were told no, you know, when you, because you were a woman? And, and how did you handle that? Well, I think that used to happen to me more when I was younger and I was more swayed by that when I was a lot younger. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, I remember being in high school and wanting to join the military and my mom was very concerned because I'm a girl and steered me towards college, which... I'm not saying that that was the wrong choice for me. However, it was clearly a generational thing, you know, a concern for my safety, not really sure if I could handle it. I even had the instincts to do something <laughs> athletic and dangerous back then, I guess. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, I, I would say now it doesn't really happen so much anymore. People, I, I, like I said, I think culture is changing. There seems to be a huge 
gap between people our age and older and the centennial millennial generation. Like, um, yeah, I just don't, I just don't see that as much anymore. I don't feel like I'm being told no. Sometimes because of my age, people say, how can you be doing this at your age? My back hurts, my hip hurts, my butt hurts. I'm like, well, you know, you have to eat right, get some sleep, exercise. I mean, you got to do the work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no secret. I don't have any magic secrets being my age and doing this. The secret is just hard work. Yeah. Well, I guess too, you could hurt doing, not doing, not doing it. And then you're going to hurt a little bit doing it. But I think more, if you do it, you're not going to be hurting as much. Right. I mean, I, physically. most of my injuries over the past couple, I got injured a lot in the beginning. Yeah. Um, because I think I went too hard sometimes, or I didn't really understand, you know, less self-control when you first start out. But most of my injuries over the last couple of years have been outside the gym. <laughs> I get up out of bed, ah, my neck. Yeah, you know? right. Oh, man. I don't, I, you know, I, I think I'm pretty cautious about safety during training. And um, I think in general, people are more knowledgeable about how to train safely. Yeah, I found that too. I think um, the only time that it, it gets a little risky is usually with somebody new because they're a little bit fearful when they're training and they're like, oh, and they have that nervous reflex. Other than yeah, that. People, people have trouble with the idea of being aggressive mm. and intense without going hard. Right. That level of self-control takes a while to develop. It takes a while to learn how to yeah, do that. To turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, but also like just, you know, you can you can have that in level of intensity and the aggression and the volume and the speed without smashing people. Yeah. Things. So I mean, having the control. To show up the next day. Yeah, so having the control not to. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know? have to yeah. smash people into next week to prove a point. I mean, yeah. they're your training partners. You're there for them and they're there for you. You want them to be there the next day. Yeah. And so, you know the guys take me seriously, but obviously a guy who outweighs me by 50 pounds isn't going to hit me as hard as a guy his own size, but that doesn't mean that he's not turning on the volume, the speed, the aggression, the technique, mm-hmm. the intensity. It's all there. Yeah. 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 That's always a good, good place to um, like train with somebody who has the control to do that. Um, and I mean, I found that, I mean, you know, you, we've been there for years and we don't have like, you know, major injuries or anything like that, which I think people are fearful about, but right. You know, to go into a gym like that and say, Oh, I'm going to train here, especially well, when you're older and you're a like, a lot of people, oh, wow. like what I've noticed happens to some older people. And I think, because I'm super fascinated by older athletes being an older athlete, mm-hmm. notice that what happens is they start, they think, of, Oh, I can do the same things I used to do when I was younger. Mm. And so they just try to jump in and do those things and then they get hurt. But you do have to, self-care is a little bit different at 47 than it is at 27. Well, you, you know? can modify, modify doing things, you know, you can, you can say, okay, I'm working with you today. Can you just turn the volume down because I'm slower? Right. <laughs> and also too, I mean, just like it's, it's more the recovery side of it. Okay. Yeah. Like when I was in my 20s, I could, you know, stay up all night, drink a pitcher of beer, eat a pizza, 
get up at 6 a.m., run a 5K. <laughs> Not anymore. I could do all that stuff. Now I spend a lot of time in, on recovery and self-care and um, I do, I meditate, I do yoga, I am careful about my diet. Um, I do a lot of stability work, mm-hmm. you know, um, balance work, a lot of things that are complementary to the hardcore stuff. Yeah. So you do, you do um, meditation. Do you do yoga too? Yeah, I do. So usually I meditate in the morning for at least 10 minutes. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up over years. Mm-hmm. And some days I don't get to it and some days I meditate more, but I just like to have, I, I think of it as like a, like a reset. Mm-hmm. You know, I recharging my, my brain. I think it's like a reset. And then at night, generally most nights before I go to sleep, I do about 10 minutes of yoga. And when I started doing that, maybe five or six years ago, my rate of injury went way down, uh, way down. I just, it, it really, really, I don't know what it is about yoga, but just a little I'm bit a day and for years, yoga, <laughs> your yoga instructor, right? Yeah. I've been saying it for yeah. years. And so I just, you know, I have a basic routine, but I do other stuff too. And I just kind of, it's, it's, it's extremely helpful. Um, so those are some of the things that I do. And I went vegan last year. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. I'm going to have to yeah. learn more about that. How do what do you do for protein? Well, I do, I usually do uh, pea protein, pure mm-hmm. protein powder, and I'll do like shakes um, to get extra protein. And because of the heavy amount of lifting and training, training. I mean, if I didn't, if I was just a regular person walking around doing my thing, mm. I wouldn't add the extra protein. I would just, you know, eat a regular vegan diet. But um, because of the training volume, I mean, I'm sometimes training three times a day and heavy lifting. So I do use pea protein to supplement, but it's pure pea protein. That's all that I put in there. And then I add my own stuff like a smoothie. So very cool. But I've noticed that my endurance in the gym has gone way up and I don't gas out like I used to. And, um, just my, I was able to increase my training volume a lot. So, um, I feel much better. I sleep better. I really like, it. it's very trendy and hip right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed like a lot of athletes are jumping on the vegan bandwagon and, um, yeah, I just feel like a lot better. So that's good. I, I, um, I mean, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm vegan or anything like that. I still eat meat and, and have protein, but I've noticed mm-hmm. with the age thing that I'm digesting certain proteins. It's harder for my body to do. And I'm wondering, yeah, definitely just because of age and hormones have changed and, and all that, I'm wondering if my body's saying, you don't need this anymore. You can do something else and less, less of like, you know, um, even chicken or beef or any of that stuff um, mm-hmm. may not need as much. I mean, I really like fish. I like eggs, but um, I'm wondering, you know, if, if really I, I need as much in my diet as before I've been doing the intermittent fasting 
And so yeah, I, I've tried that within I've, a certain, and, and I, it's, it surprisingly works for me. And I think I used to always do it when I was younger anyways. Yes. And, and now I'm like, oh, wow, I don't need the three or six meals a day that some people do, or um, I just need to drink actually more water, a lot more water. Yeah. Than, than I used to. And I'm, I'm yeah, like, I, still I drinking. Um, I feel like around the clock. Yeah, I definitely felt like my body was digesting the food differently as I aged. I mean, you know, it feels like 10 years my body changes. I feel a definite shift. And I had started eating, I, I had started eating so much meat because I was, you know, training and competing. And that's what everyone was doing at the time. So I thought I had to do that too. Um, but I just wasn't getting good consistent results with eating that much meat. And, um, I actually had, because of the deg, er, um, the er, eggs and dairy, I had, my cholesterol was a little on the higher side, not like too high, but, um, and when I went vegan, that dropped right down. So, wow. um, yeah, I just feel like I have a lot more energy. I feel more clear headed too. And I noticed that before when I ate a lot of meat and eggs and dairy, I used to have to have this time between eating and training, or I was definitely in at risk of throwing up. And now I can eat like 45 minutes before I train, no problem, and feel fine. Really? That's it's weird. weird. It's just like I'm di it's digesting much easier. And um, yeah, I feel really good. So um, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a really positive change. And it's, uh, and I've added muscle since I went vegan. Mm -hmm. That was unexpected. I was able to increase my lifting volume. Wow. Uh, yeah. I thought it was going to be the other way. You know, yeah. I was like, oh God, I'm going to lose muscle mass. And what am I going to do about lifting? And mm. I put on muscle. So that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah, I know. I was, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah. I think everybody's body is different and we respond different to, you know, we're, we're chemically built, you know, like, so chemical reactions happen in the body and food is a chemical that, you know, we digest for fuel. So it's yep. like what, what we're putting in, you really have to kind of, you know, play around with it and see what really works best for you. And, and I know for me right now, um, you know, just doing this intermittent fasting. And then too, when I decrease, definitely decrease my dairy, I'm way better. Like I know yes. when I, ha and I love cheese. I'm like, I am a cheeseaholic and I'm like, yeah. I gotta get away from it and, and, um, and, and do like other things. And I usually feel way better. Like you said, clear headed. I am yes. energized and I'm not, um, you know, I, I don't feel like, you know, people worry, oh, I'm going to be starving. And I'm like, no, I'm not actually starving at all. I, I Yeah, giving up dairy was my game changer for me. Calories during that certain amount of time. And I'm like, I feel really good. And I try to tell that to some of my clients, but um, they're like, you know, I think people get a little afraid that, oh my God, what if I don't have enough to eat or, or whatever? I don't, you know, there's so many psychological reasons people eat the way they do. So yeah, I just, I had a lot of, and I was actually vegan for a little bit years ago and vegetarian for years. Yeah. Didn't really, there's a lot more information out there now, a lot more science and information available now. The internet. Yeah. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, but it's really been working out for me. And so those are some of the things that I do. I, I mean, I do eat junk food, but you know, once I find out I have a fight, I cut that. 
course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have something that you have a goal and you're like, okay, I'm focused. And then, and then yeah, yeah. I cut out the sugary stuff and, yeah. and you know, the junk food with the kids and all of that. I cut that out until after the fight. And, um, but, um, yeah, there's some good vegan junk food out there. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine I'm going to have to look into it a little bit more and maybe uh, I think I'll go vegetarian a little bit, you know, more of that side of it than, than complete vegan. Cause I know I, every now and then I like, you know, I like my meat. So here and there, yeah. <laughs> but, but I could probably go that route. Um, so can you share anything that nobody knows about you? It's something that no one might know. Oh my God. I listened to when you interviewed Carrie Kennison and you asked her this. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, I should think of something now. And I, I took a shower and I totally forgot to think. Maybe of it's something like, you know, like, you know, do you have a jam that you listen to like before you, your fight that nobody knows about? Or do you do some sort of ritual mm -hmm. before you fight that no one knows about? Or, you know, watch a movie, particular movie to get you like, rah. Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. Oh, I should have really thought more carefully about this. I, I suspected you might ask this. Um, <laughs> something that nobody knows about. Um, well, not, okay, this is not something that nobody knows about, but only maybe a handful of people know about. Um, my right knee is almost completely numb. <laughs> Really? So when I had my ACL surgery like yeah. seven years ago, I never got the feeling back in my right knee. So I'm never worried about blocking with that knee. <laughs> I don't know if I don't feel anything. Wow. <laughs> to all my future opponents. <laughs> well, I should block more with that leg because um, I have very little feeling in my right knee. So I'm so lucky. I wish. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I always feel kind of like... Um, half human, half Terminator, because I've got this little invincible area. <laughs> oh, wow. It doesn't hurt when I get kicked there. I love it. That's awesome. That's a little known fact. Very cool. Wow. Rachel oh, the Raven, yeah. the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my head I'm like, yeah, I'm a cyborg, because, you know, I've got this little area that's like, feels so invincible. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was one of the awesome things. It, it's funny because at first I was like really worried. I'm like, I don't have any feeling in this like whole area. It's like, is that bad? And then when I went back to sparring and I got kicked, I thought, wow, this is awesome. Doesn't hurt. Yay. Wow. <laughs> Do you come so, out like black and blue if you nail it and you're just like, it doesn't bother me? Yeah, it's just like this whole like area on my knee that's just totally numb like off to the side it's, it's like goes down my the top of my shin it's awesome so i mean it's well, even when you kick with your shin and you don't feel it you like you kick with your shin and you don't feel it well you know how like so when you block you know yeah. the top half of your shin but yeah. like right under your knee yeah yeah, yeah it if, hurts if you catch the kick right <laughs> under your knee yeah. on my right side it doesn't i don't even i barely feel it Oh my gosh. Wow. Lucky. Yeah. So it's like my little, my little, uh, secret weapon. Yeah. But I, I don't block enough on that side. I should really utilize that more. It's like, yeah. Well, you could, you have to start changing your stance a little bit and then you can, I do. I like switching my stance. I do. I like it, but I don't, I don't do it as much as I, I should, but 
sometimes just for fun, I'll go self-paw like an entire practice or for a couple of rounds, I'll go self-paw, I'll switch up a lot. Or, oh, neat, neat. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's something I didn't expect to hear. That's for sure. So yeah. Wow. You're numb on one side, on your knee on one side from the surgery. That is, yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, the feeling never came back and I thought it was bad at the time. This is another example about like how, you know, there's always an advantage hidden into like, you know, you, you, it, there's always two ways to look at something. There's usually like an advantage or an opportunity hidden into something bad. This is so true. Absolutely. And every, everything in life, which is fascinating. It is fascinating. Right? It's a great yeah. thing. Living is a great thing. And when you're doing something exciting like Muay Thai kickboxing, I mean, jeepers. You know, I know. I'm so lucky. Life. I'm so yeah. lucky. Yeah, you're living your life. You're living on the edge. You're living like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm so grateful that No Boundary called me and um, and very excited for the fight. So. Very cool. So remind fans where they can find you on social media and any shout outs that you'd like to give to, um, you know, your teammates or, you know, basically the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. So um, I guess um, Sit Yatong, you can find Sit Yatong, the gym on Facebook, and um, Mark Delagrati, Andy Cote, Mark Massey um, are some of the head trainers there at the gym. Um, I've got four teammates fighting on the card with me. So we're just having so much fun preparing for it. We're all very, very excited. Um, and the, the fight is uh, No Boundary, Muay Thai in Melrose, Massachusetts on January 19th. You can get tickets online or I also have some tickets. Um, all my teammates have tickets. So could they pick them up at the gym? Um, yeah, you can. Um, or they can hit you up on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, Rachel the Raven on Instagram. And you can um, connect with me on Instagram too. And um, I can meet up with you at the gym if you want tickets. Um, these shows usually sell out. They're very good shows. There's really not a bad seat in the place. This is a great venue. Um, Mel Melrose Memorial Hall, they're able to fit so many people in, but it's a small space and there is not a bad seat in the entire place. It's yeah. really a great venue. It's, it's just really a nice place to fight. So if you're looking for, you know, something to do, what is it? Um, January 19th, it's a Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. Saturday night. It's and not that far. It's only a few minutes outside of Boston. So, yeah, you know, you don't a have a venue and it's fun to go out and, and see a, a live fights that, that yes. uh, are very exciting. And very oh, if you haven't seen live Muay Thai, you're really missing out. Like this is something that it's so not what people think. The number one thing that people say to me when they come to Muay Thai fights, they haven't been to fights before is, wow, everyone's so nice to each other. The camaraderie between the fighters, you know, you spend six to 10 minutes smashing up the other person and then everyone's hugging after. And there's just so much uh, camaraderie and a sense of community. And it's just a really interesting sport. Totally, totally. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing, I ha actually had uh, tickets to go to this uh, clue thing that I paid for already because my birthday is mm -hmm. the 20th so I was going to do that and then I heard this is coming up so I'm like oh my god what am I going to do so I'm going to have to like scratch that and go 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 see the the fights at no boundary because I was Happy like birthday. my birthday is the 22nd of January yeah I just realized 
gosh, we were so close. Maybe I, I already knew this. I, think I knew that too. Are you an Aquarius or a Capricorn? Yeah. Aquarius, right? Aquarius. I'm cusp. I'm Capricorn and Aquarius. So, Ooh, yeah. that's an interesting combo. Well, that actually explains a lot about you. You think? <laughs> it does. I think it does. And um, yeah, yeah. So my birthday is two days after yours. Oh my gosh. Well, we have to celebrate. We'll have like- I'm an Aquarian. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay. Well, there, there, this is a done deal. I've got to go to the fights and say, hey, and see. Yeah, let's have a birthday drink after because I'll actually be able to have like a drink after. Absolutely. We will definitely do that. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I will be posting this on Monday, which is fight week for you. And yep. um, I'll look forward to seeing some of the other Sityatong fighters fighting at No Boundaries on the 19th. This was an awesome talk and chat. Way to kick off 2019. And thanks again for coming on to the show, Rachel. Thank you, Shelly. It was good to see you. Bye. Bye-bye. I always love catching up with Rachel and I'm so thrilled that she's fighting again. What a way to kick off the new year. Um, she'll be fighting again in No Boundary Fights in Melrose Mass on January 19th. And apparently it's her little birthday present to herself. It's her birthday is on the 22nd of January. She'll be turning 48. So if you're an older woman or even an older guy, Things. Find us on Automatic, Shout Engine, and Spotify.